Welcome to the Life is Wrestling podcast, a product of Hammer Wrestling. This is where you can learn about the Hammer philosophy and how to apply the skills learned through the sport of wrestling to your life. Because after all, each of us wrestles with the challenges of life each day. We will discuss all things wrestling, but really hope that what we present can be applied in other sports and in life in general. Join us in making a better you. Hey guys, it's Carl Bratland, founder of Hammer Wrestling and assistant wrestling coach at Naperville North High School. Also coach and help out with the Naperville North Hammer Huskies Kids Club. Um, so Hammer's kind of gotten involved in, in quite a few things and other things we're doing is we created an Instagram account. So if you guys are looking looking for that or you're into Instagram, I realize that it's kind of the new thing. So wanted to branch out into that and try to get some new... Um, I guess fans, followers, get some information out into a new area as well. Um, so our podcast has gone on to Apple Podcasts. Um, saw that a decent amount of people had already listened and, and um, subscribed, so I guess that's cool, and we'll keep trying to bring you some content. So this is episode three, um, and today I plan to talk about what are the traits of the nation's best wrestlers. Um, so coming off of the NCAAs, so the Division One National Wrestling Championships were just this weekend, and just watching some of those guys, listening to them talk, they did a lot of interviews, Flo and, and ESPN actually did a pretty good job of, um, you know, covering the content, talking to the people afterwards and in between, and so if you, if you missed out on, you know, the NCAAs, which we, we like to call March Madness with a T rather than March Madness. So all my buddies and people at school are all talking about the big upsets and the, the huge you know wins of the tournament or the basketball tournament, which is March Madness, which is which is great, you know, the to each their own and but I'm I'm talking with my family and friends about the the wrestling tournament and who's winning or who's got what seed or who's got what draw and uh, you know, they kinda poke fun at me again and you know, obviously they they don't they understand they weren't brought up with it, so it's just a different mentality and different upbringing, and um, nothing against either sport, but just just kind of difference of, of where we're at. And um, so, anyways, but if you missed it, you you should probably go watch it. I'm sure you can find ar- archive content online. The tournament was was awesome. It was unreal. Um, if you are at all interested in wrestling, or you like wrestling, you like watching it, you compete, um, and you want to see how the best compete and see what the best say and do as they prepare and handle wins and losses, you, you need to go watch it, especially the finals. But even before the finals, there's some great matches and some great, you know, um, athletes getting after it. Obviously some huge upsets. So very, um, you know, the things I want to say on that before I get started is, is it was a very inspiring tournament or event, you know, to watch those guys college kids and some of them are freshmen true freshmen some of them are fifth year seniors so a decent age um, gap there but put put their heart and soul on the line and all their hard work kind of culminate into those moments and whether they get their goals or not to watch those guys you know be humble and and defeat and 
some of even humble and, and wins, but it's very inspired to see, to see the best guys get after it and, and what they do and how they hold themselves. Um, you know, there was, there was an unseated guy who took the number one ranked guy at 133 into the, into overtime. Um, I think he ended up maybe getting fifth. I can't remember, but unseated all American. There was a, a 15 seed. So they seed the top 16, I think out of 32, roughly guys made the finals. So upset the two seed, and then I think he beat like the six or the ten seed on the way, and then took second in the nation. Um, so it's crazy to see those guys and those fans and those coaches and their belief in those individuals and themselves. You know, obviously their record throughout the year or whatever committee makes their the seedings um, says that they think they're the fifteenth best guy in the bracket, and you know to or not even seated as one of the best guys in the bracket. And to um, take that and basically perform and exceed expectations and believe that, oh, that's not true, I believe this. And, um, you know, it's, it's that one tournament that matters, really, and how you perform and what people remember. Um, there's only 10 national champs, so um, it's, it was cool. It was, it was a cool tournament, and it was cool to kind of text my family and friends and, and talk about it and make predictions and, and see some of my, I guess, favorite wrestlers I'm obviously an, an Iowa Hawkeye guy growing up in Iowa, um, but I, I just like quality wrestlers and, and seeing, you know, good guys compete. But um, if you missed it, you should go watch it. Anyways, so back to the podcast. The from watching the NCAA's, I started thinking about some similarities and things that guys were saying and doing, and um, as far as the best guys and the interviews and and what they were doing on and off the mat. Um, so I was like, what are what are like the five or six traits that all these guys have? Like all these elite athletes, these elite wrestlers, the best in the nation, some of them the best in the world. Um, you know, like Kyle Snyder's world Olympic champ, went on to be a national champ as well. So you got some of the best guys in the world and to watch them and, and see what they say, you can learn and be like, all right, this, this is what these people are. Like maybe I should be that way or am I that way and evaluate what you're traits are because regardless of skills you know all those guys are good they all have elite skills but there's definitely character traits and if you are a certain character or a certain type of person um, I think those things were I'm not trying to think what the word is but were kind of unanimous or were across all the elite people that were getting interviewed they were saying the same types of things um, not all of them but most of them most of them so this is what I would say uh, from the hammer philosophy and the hammer lifestyle, what are the five traits that elite athletes, elite wrestlers, especially of the NCAA wrestling tournament this year, what are they saying? What traits do they have? And, and I think this is what's making them successful besides their, their skills. But they develop their skills because of these traits. Um, so, so number one, so I'm going to try to break it down to five. So the number one thing was, was they, they were all very humble. Um, and I'm not saying you can't be confident. But they were just very humble in, in their um, in their comments and their who they gave the glory to and and you know they they didn't really always try to bring it about themselves. They were just humble and in, in in the sport and very understood that wrestling is a humbling sport. That one day you can be at the top of your game and you can win every match and destroy everybody, and the next time next day, you know you maybe have an off day and you get upset and you get beaten overtime and suddenly you're not fighting to be a national champ anymore. You're fighting for third or fifth or seventh. Um, or maybe you can't recover and you get knocked out of the bracket. So it was cool to see them be humble 
in defeat and in victory. You know, even when they won, most of them were were still very humble. Like, hey, um, and this will tie into some of my things I say later, but they still owed it to other people or, you know, they're thankful for this. It wasn't really like, and they even, they didn't even give props to their competitor. Like, you know, that, that so-and-so is a great competitor, great opponent. I was very excited for this match and, you know, to, to put a show on for the fans and challenge myself and the opportunity to, to see how good I am. So very humble, very respectful. It wasn't like they walked off the mat and, you know, were bad-mouthing people and bad-mouthing the other schools and bad-mouthing the other competitor. Um, even though there could have been maybe bad blood prior or there was rivalries prior, but afterwards it was just very humbling comments. They were, they were just not, um, I guess, being jerks about it and, and kind of just tooting their own horn and, and saying how I'm so great and, you know, I knew I would win, blah, blah, blah. And even though they might have known it, but anyway, so number one, being humble. Um, I'm not going to go on to, this one was actually my third one, but I'll just bring it in because I kind of connected it. So being grateful as well. So they were all very grateful for their, the opportunity. You know, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to compete, that I'm injury-free, I'm able to be at the best tournament in the nation. Um, grateful for my coaches, my family, my friends, and all the things that they've done for them. And just talked about how grateful they were and all the things that um, allowed them to be the best wrestler they could be and get to where they are from when they were five years old or how old to, to now. Um, so they really talked about being grateful and appreciating the process of getting to where they were and the people that help them um, understand it's not just them, teammates. It takes a lot of people to get someone to that elite level, um, and you need a lot of support, a lot of help. And So it was, it was um, cool and interesting to see them be grateful for all the things that, that they had in their lives as well, even, even the people that lost. So we're still grateful you know, they still felt blessed that they had these opportunities to to compete at a high level, to try to be the best they could be, um, and were in position to win a national title or be an All-American. Even if they didn't quite get exactly what they wanted, they still felt like their life had meaning, they had purpose. Um, a lot of them gave, like, glory to God, um, things like that, and were, <clears throat> again, being humble, being grateful about just... Like I said, the opportunity to, to be there, to compete, to see how good you are, to challenge yourself against equal or elite competitors, um, and looking at a sort of a more positive way of, hey, this is, instead of being like, oh, I, I, I just want to win. If I didn't have, you know, this four-time national champ in my weight, I would be a national champ. Instead, I, I take second or whatever. They're still just blessed, grateful for their opportunities and for where they're at and know that... They have better wrestling ahead of them. Go reevaluate, try to get better. Or, you know, if they're done, if they're seniors, maybe they're competing internationally in Freestyle Greco and, or they're, you know, moving on to, to different things, whether it's coaching or careers or families. Um, so very grounded in their thoughts, you know, very humble, very grateful, and, and understanding that wrestling is a part of their life and obviously a huge part, and they want to be the best uh, in the nation, but still understanding that, um, they put a lot of work in and, and it just didn't happen. It doesn't mean they're not a good wrestler. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, not a good person, but it just wasn't there to that day. Um, the second thing, well, third now is pretty much all of them were, were very 
like happy people, I guess. Um, or they were happy with just whatever happened. Um, they, you know, they, they, they said they were disappointed that they lost and they were, you know, not, I guess, happy with the loss, but they were still happy with their process where they were kind of the same lines of, of being grateful, I guess, but, um, they just were able to kind of joke about things and even in between matches before matches, yeah, they're intense. They're, they're getting all jacked up, ready to go, but still just very, very happy to be there. Very happy to be in the position in their lives to, to compete, um, and not really letting the, the fear and the anxiety control them and, and create like a, almost like a depression or a, a fear of that limits them from competing. You know, they're, they're happy about the opportunities. They're grateful for the opportunities, you know, happy that there's so many fans there and, you know, they get these chances to prove against so-and-so and, or have a third match with so-and-so to, you know, the, the rubber match to see who, who wins two out of three or whatever. Um, so no, no real like excuses, no real like, um, negativity and wins or losses just seem like very happy, positive people. And obviously people have doubts and there's negative things sometimes, but, um, to try to always turn around and, and be happy about it and positive about it. So I don't know if this is saying they're happy or they're positive. Positive is probably a better, a better outlook on it or a better term. But, um, you know, even if they were hurt or sick or whatever, they still kind of just, you know, it is what it is or not making any excuses or they didn't bring it up. Um, that guy was better than today. I was still ready. I still had to compete. Um, so again, very positive, very happy, very, just understanding of, I think, the sport in themselves as a whole and, and being able to, I don't know if they just step outside of it and say, hey, this is what happened today. I got to do this, this, and this. I really appreciate this. I'm happy about this. I'm positive about this. Um, you know, I was right there against a guy who maybe had destroyed me earlier in the year, but I lost or, or, or whatever it is. Just very positive in their outlook. Um, kind of laughing about things and able to smile and, and take some humor in some things as well. Um, all right, so the fourth one is they were very, how do I word this? Basically, they were believers, like very um, like sincere and unwavering believers in themselves and in their preparation. Um, so they, they all knew or acted like they knew or said they knew. They just believed that they were capable of being the best in the nation at their weight or that they were. Um, and they went out there and, and performed. You know, a lot of them talk about, I just did what my coaches told me. My coaches told me that I need to do this, this, and this. If I did this, I'd be a national champ. They gave me a game plan. They prepared me, and that's what I did. So, Or they, they talked about, I know I, I've always known I can compete with the best in the nation. I, I know I'm one of the best. I just had to prove it on this, this day. <clears throat> um, so they're very unwavering in their belief in themselves. And whether this is confidence or belief in preparation, um, I'm assuming it's a lot of it's from a lot of hard work of years and years of, of competing, working, training, practicing, doing different things. Um, but the belief in themselves and the belief in their abilities was very evident and I find in in today's world and the guys that I coach whether it's little kids 
uh, high school, college, they really struggle with having this unwavering belief that they can compete with anybody or that they are the best, one of the best at their weight or they are the best in the state. Um, it's just like they always just kind of have this like, oh, they might tell you or like, yeah, I want to play the state or yeah, I want to be a state champ. or But it just seems like in the back of their mind, they just don't quite believe it. Like, oh, that's that's for somebody else. Like, how could, there's no way I could be the best. Like, some, so-and-so is the best or there's somebody else is the best. It's almost like they, it's like a dream. Like, they couldn't believe that that could happen to them unless it was like a dream. Um, so yeah, they want it. They, they want to be the best. They want to compete at a high level. They want to beat the best. They want to play since date, whatever it is. Um, but do they truly believe that they have the skills and they have the preparation that they could achieve that on any given day? Yeah. Do things happen and just, do you make mistakes and stuff? Yeah. So a lot of things got to fall your way and you got to make your own breaks in those tournaments. You know, there's a lot of guys that could have equally been a national tournament champ that day and didn't play second, third, didn't place at all just because it wasn't, that, wasn't there that day. They, they didn't perform. They didn't execute. Do they have the skills? Probably. There's, there's plenty of guys you see in every tournament, every year, state tournament, national tournament, Olympics, where you're like, holy cow, that guy was, that guy was good or that girl was good and she didn't even place or he didn't even place. So um, going back to the belief, you got to, I think our athletes coming from coaches and, and teammates and parents, um, again, we have to enforce that belief like, and that kind of confidence. Just be positive in, their, in their, the way you deal with them. And as they compete from a young age and, and try to get better and get older, continually believing in themselves, continually believing in their abilities, continuing to believe that they can beat anybody, compete with anybody, doesn't matter who, you know, always step on the mat and have this belief like I can compete, I can win, I can put in my best effort and, and put the fear away, I guess. So that was, that was one thing that was big, just that they were true believers in themselves, true believers in their programs and their coaches and in their preparation. All right, last one, number five. This was probably seems somewhat obvious, but they were very dedicated and disciplined to whatever goal they had in mind. Um, and this is, again, seems obvious. So of course they're dedicated and disciplined. Um, but it was almost to like a fanatic state. Um, like they were almost fanatics about how much they thought about wrestling, how much they thought about winning a national title, how much they thought about the day it would happen and, and what they would do and envisioned it and all the things they needed to get there. So it's, you know, some of the things that the, the guys, uh, said in their interviews or some of the things the coaches and their family said about them and even in tweets and stuff later about these guys it's like oh they they watch you know hours and hours of film every day of, of just like wrestlers of like Dan Gable and John Smith and um, even these you know those old old wrestlers not even like newer people or they're they're always in the room in the wrestling room just even just sitting watching people practice watching people work out um, just trying to pick up little things all the time um, or super strict about their diet and sleep habits and their schedules. Um, so the dedication and, and discipline 
in their lives was, was very unique. And, and maybe they don't do that forever, but they probably do it during wrestling season. They probably do it the last few months of the wrestling season for sure, or last month. Um, and then, you know, you got to take breaks and you got to give yourself some time to enjoy and not be on a, you know, insane schedule. And some people actually enjoy that. Like some people, they, they enjoy the, the schedule of this is what I do. This is when I go to bed. This is what I eat. This is how I compete. This is how I train every day. I'm going to do this. And they, they need that. They need that sort of, um, discipline and structure in their lives, but they very much it was very evident that they were very, very dedicated in their efforts and very specific in what they did every day leading up to that moment. Um, so they had a goal, they made a plan, they stuck to the plan, and like I said, it was almost fanatical in the way they approached preparing and even from a young age and trying to achieve the goal of being a national champ, being an All-American, whatever it was. So. Um, you know, and, and that's, I think how some of the guys that maybe aren't recognized or aren't seated or whatever can come in and have a good tournament and, you know, suddenly start, start putting on people and getting to, to the finals and all American rounds. And when they, during the year, maybe got beat by all those guys, um, you know, they probably envisioned this moment or this tournament for years and years and were planning and preparing for it. So like your level will elevate, like they'll, they'll step up their level and, you know, this is the this is the time that I've been waiting for. I'm, um, you know, ready and prepared, and I mentally rehearsed this over and over and over again. So let's get after it. But so um, those are the five things that I really saw through all the interviews and all the wrestling. Obviously, there's there's some others, but I tried to summarize them into into five things. So uh, just to to reiterate them, they're they're very humble in their comments, thoughts, upbringing and wins or losses they were very grateful for the opportunities for all the things that have been done for them to get them to these moments to this position um, they were very happy and positive about their circumstances so always trying to find the the silver lining and being positive and whether they win or lose um, they were unwavering and strong believers in themselves and in their um, in their preparation, sorry, and in their abilities, in their coaching staff and their programs. And then lastly, they were very dedicated and disciplined in their efforts to get where they were and almost not to a fault, but almost to a fault where it's like, like fanatical. Like I, I do this and I have to, and I'm not going to change the way I, um, my discipline or the way I prepare year-round or whatever, so that the dedication, discipline. Because if everyone was doing that, then there'd be a lot more people that could that would be could win national titles, I guess. There's only 10 guys that win. Um, so, anyways, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, like I said, you need to go and, and check out the NCAA's Division One wrestling that that just happened. Um, very, very good matches. Even not even in the finals, but first round matches all the way through the tournament you know go go on flow wrestling or, or look up some of the interviews and you know google some of those guys that see what they say um and about you know like spencer lee and seth gross see what those guys are saying kyle snyder about their their wins and losses and, and even the guys that lost um that, that machiavelli i think how you pronounce it from nc state 
you know, won a national title, beat a guy who had already beaten him twice during the year. Um, sounded like a guy who was barely 500 his first couple of years in the room and, you know, kept working at it and now he's a national champ um, his, his senior year. So pretty impressive things, pretty, pretty uh, cool stuff. Um, so if you, you want to get better and you like wrestling, you need to go watch that stuff because in order to improve your craft and to, to get to the next level yourself, you got to see what the best guys are doing. You got to watch the best guys, whether it's for mental preparation, techniques, what are they doing, um, scrambling, things like that. But make sure you, you subscribe to our podcast. You go and rate us, like us, um, get us, get us some more followers and some more, uh, popularity. Also, we got, we got Twitter at Hammer Wrestling. We got Instagram at Hammer Wrestling. We got um, YouTube. We also got a Facebook page. You can find information at um, hammerwrestling.org is our website. Obviously, we got this podcast. We've got a blog that we do some things with as well. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, our off-season programs are starting this spring. So April 2nd, I believe we start the spring session, and then we'll have a summer session and a fall session as well, geared towards junior high, high school kids, uh, trying to get those kids better and, and on the mat twice a week, um, and also you know making it fun and, and getting them to enjoy wrestling and giving them some skills that they can be successful come the regular season. Other than that, stay tuned for our next episode, um, which will probably be out in another another week or so and I'll you know post that but thanks for listening and until next time um, this is Carl Bratland from Hammer Wrestling and stay tuned for our next one thank you